This is Dr. Dano on MLR Weekly. You can check in, but you can't check out. Next on a vacation refreshed MLR Weekly, American rugby legend Danny Barrett, Ryan Ray of America's Rugby News on Major League Rugby team needs, and Rugby Morning's John Fitzpatrick with headlines and rumors. Rugby Wrap-Ups MLR Weekly brought to you by Sheehy Auto Stores. It's easy at Sheehy. The Pig & Whistle, New York City. The world's best rugby pub. And Lean and Limber. Stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. To this week's MLR Weekly, as presented by Rugby Wrap-Up. We've got a great show. We've got Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. We've got Danny Barrett. But before we get to any of that, we have our recurring segment, Rugby Morning's Coffee Break with John Fitzpatrick. John, it's been a fortnight since we've seen each other. How are you? Matt, fortnight, does that mean two weeks? It does. It does. I believe in my Lincolnian english classes that that's what we referred to two weeks as anywho what do you got for us well matt one i'm so happy to see you my summer has been incomplete without you but here we are we're back we're doing mlr weekly and i see you got a haircut you look great hey but otherwise let's talk about rugby atl matt they're moving to los angeles what do you make of it well, the league wanted the team in Los Angeles. They wanted to get back there. Uh, the ink is not dry on all the documents, so I'm not officially ruling out Yellowknife or Manitoba. Next! Well, Matt, with all that's going on, right, you've got the MLR draft, they're signing players. Who's calling the shots there? They're just moving the franchise, John. They're moving the franchise. So the existing coaching staff is still intact. Stephen Brett and co. are still calling the shots. Next! Noel Golden, they now have three picks in the first round, the sixth, the seventh, and the eleventh. I'm sure they're not done making trades yet. They did trade Devin Short to the Seattle Seawolves to pick up that eleventh pick, and they traded salary cap considerations and a third round pick next year's draft to get the seventh round pick from the Utah Warriors. So, as you mentioned, Fitzy's a wheeler and dealer. Could he package up something to go after that first round pick and nab it from the Miami Sharks? Well, I guess we'll find out. Well, the Sharks are definitely open to any and all calls at this point. And I got to say, Seattle is getting a good player in Devin Short. And he's still young, too. So that's a nice pickup for Seattle. Um, Ryan Fitzgerald, we'll see what he's doing down there in NOLA. Next! How about the Toronto Arrows? They're making some interesting moves in the offseason. Already they've traded for Ravita Biddle from Rugby ATL, but they also traded for... Center wing Teiranga Tira Waitokia, who adds a nice little dynamic play there to the Toronto Arrows, still without a new head coach. Matt, when do you think they're going to make some kind of announcement there? Well, you know, if you're a Toronto Arrows fan, you have to feel that you have a half full glass because there's no way your team can get worse. They're not going to have the spate of injuries they had. The calamitous almost funny spate of injuries that they had. It was ridiculous at times. It was as though they were just, it was the pie in the face was coming next. Uh, there's no way they're going to get worse. If they have two, three, four wins, they're better than they were. 
right? Uh, so the arrows, whatever they do, right now they seem to be piecing together some good moves, and they're using rugby ATL to get those players, right? So right now I see the arrows on target. Next! Matt, I couldn't agree more. I'm excited with the what they do next, but Matt, please inform the viewers. What are we going to do for the draft? Uh, well, John, we are going to have a show for the MLR draft. You, yours truly, Zach Lanning, our colleague, and maybe a few other dignitaries if we can get somebody suckered in. But uh, yeah, you, you, yeah, we're going to have some fun with the MLR draft, a live show. Right. Next! Matt, that's it. I can't wait to participate in this live draft. Yes, and I'm looking forward to sitting next to you and Mel Kuyper and uh, Zach Lanning, and we'll get the draft uh, stuff done. You know, while while it's going on, and you 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 come over to us, and when the, you need a break or something else, and yeah, it'll be great. Next, Matt, I already said that's it. Let's go. Let's get to the draft. Let's get to the draft. All right. Thank you once again to Mr. John Fitzpatrick of Rugby Morning with this coffee break, and don't go anywhere because we have Mr. Danny Barrett. Waiting in the wings right after this. Need a great price on a new vehicle? Sheehy makes it easy. Easy Price shows you our lowest prices on the Mid-Atlantic's largest selection. Find your best price online or at any of our 31 dealerships. It's easy at Sheehy. Sheehy.com. You need your cleats? You need them tomorrow? If you order today by 3 p.m. New York time or noon L.A. time, they can have them to you tomorrow. Young, old, male, female, if you're playing on turf, if you're playing on grass, if you're playing in the rain, you're playing in the heat, they've got you covered. RugbyNow.com. Go there now. And we are back, and we have the honor, the privilege of having Daniel P. Barrett, the beast, Bookham Sharkey, on the show. Danny, welcome back to MLR Weekly. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me. Right out of the gate, I know that you got a whole career change. You're retired and all that. We're going to get to all that, but I've got a list of questions that I want to blow through first before you're too comfortable. Let's do it. 15s or 7s? Um, is this rapid fire? Well, uh, I'd, sort of, I'd probably go 7s. Yeah. I think my body was so much more used to playing 14 minutes, so going into an 80-minute game is it's long. Uh, but the the ability to show kind of your individual skill set in a team environment is is really what stuck out to me. Well, I, I would I would argue on the behalf of set of fifteens for you with your seven skills, you stunned a lot of people in the MLR with your speed in the open field, specifically the backs that were trying to take you down. Yeah, I mean it, it worked a few times. I think yeah, if if I was seven years younger, it probably would have been a little bit quicker. Uh, I still think I, I I got a little bit of it, but. No, I, I think that my 15s work was more so around the breakdown. Yeah. Being able to understand how people fall, how things move, and, and kind of, you know, adjusting with pressure was was really where I stood out in the last couple of years. All right. Olympic gold or Rugby World Cup? Uh, gold. So that goes right down the sevens lane. And I mean. You've got, the, you've got the tattoo, I think, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think Olympic gold is especially in American sporting context is probably the most sought after, you know, trophy championship 
you know, and not just even in America, but in the world, it's that is the, you know, the preeminent sporting event uh, um, imaginable. So I think, you know, gold medal, you know, growing up, especially as an American kid growing up, you didn't see much rugby on TV. So you didn't really get the landscape of it where, you know, you're seeing multiple people in multiple different disciplines win gold medals for their country and, and only being able to hear one national anthem at a time. You know, that kind of probably stood out to me, you know, as a child. And now you know, having gone to a couple of Olympics and just missed out on, on getting into one of those podium games, it's a gold medal for sure. Let me ask you this then. What was the World Cup experience like compared to the Olympic experience as the athlete? The, the Olympics is kind of unlike anything, right? I mean, you have, what is it, like 11,000 athletes and then, you know, probably another 3,500 to 5,000 staff members. Yeah. All in one area for three or four weeks. You know, everybody's at the peak of their competition life to, you know, go out and perform for what could only be a few seconds. You know, one throw, one sprint, you know, one mile, you know, six rugby games or, you know, a couple of gymnastics routines. It's not that long. So having that kind of elite sense of pressure around you. You're in and out, right? I mean, pretty much in, in the in the relative sense compared to the World yeah. Cup where it's a much longer period of time. Yeah, and in the World Cup, you're kind of, you know, it's you and your team and that's it. And, and that it's a different kind of pressure to be under where you're around the Olympics, you're around everybody that's under the same amount of pressure, if not more. And, and you can see it and feel it and live it where the World Cup, you kind of get in and get out, you know, on a game day, you train, you know, you, you don't really have anything to do with the other teams. You're not having to sit down next to right. South right. Africa the night before you play them, Yeah, have a meal. And it, so it's just a, you know, very different, you know, realm of possibilities. But then you also get, you know, you get to meet those superstars you know, USA basketball, gymnastics. You know, when we were in Rio, I had a 20-minute conversation walking back to the dorms with Pau Gasol. Yeah. You know, and, you know this guy's an NBA yeah. world champion multiple time, but everybody is on the same playing field. You know, we're all here because we're all the best at what we do in our country. And, and you get to share in those experiences, which is, you know, it, is amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. And and watching those things, you, you get you get to understand what you guys are going through from a you know, from afar, that is. Then let me ask you this. What are you most proud of from your rugby career? Graduating college. Really? Yeah. I Cal's, I Cal's not a, an easy school to get through. No. And and I've always liked to say that I didn't go to college to play school. Um I by no means had the academic background to get into Cal and we somehow pulled it out. So I graduated December 22nd, 2013. And I would have had a cap on that November tour that year and would have had a professional contract in England before Christmas. And wow. I decided to turn that tour down to graduate. And I'll always say that the hardest thing I ever had to do was graduate school. The best moment I had on the field, right? Probably one of the things that I, I take the most pride in was being able to play with my brothers. The two older brothers that both played at Cal were the only trio of brothers to ever play at Cal rugby. Um, so to be able to play with them for a year, 
play a few games. That's cool. And then when I joined the sevens program, uh, my first Jersey. So I was given number three and, you know, three Barrett boys. So I had my name on the back, had the number on the back. So both of those jerseys were given to my brothers because everywhere I went, I was able to carry, you know, the three Barrett boys with me, you know, all over the world, World Cups, Olympics, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so to, to be able to play with them and then give them that jersey so they have one as well was uh, it has been, you know, probably the highlight of my my playing career. That that just makes me even more jealous of you. I have three <laughs> older brothers. We never had that opportunity. That's That's just awesome. How's the body? Body's all good, man. It's you know the toll of you know high level, elite level rugby for ten or fifteen years. You know, well, just it, 40, 50, 60 car crashes a week, right? Yeah, exactly. And I wouldn't change any of that. I'm I'm still pretty healthy. I you know I can run around. I can chase my daughter. I can chase the dogs. You know, I can I can still run. I can still move, which which is great. I'm still strong, still fit, ready to go. If if anyone ever needs me. All right, so um, you're not completely done if you if if the right call comes in. Is that what you're saying? Never ever say never ever. Ah, there I, we have I, it. There we have it. I I'm done, and I've only ever played for four teams. So so here's here's the kicker: is I've only ever played for four teams, and only three of them can call me. And there's only a limited amount of time before you know I'm going to be thrown to the wayside, swept under the rug, right? San Francisco Golden Gate. University of California, the Houston Sabercats, and my country. And only three of those teams, Cal being the the black sheep that, you know, is not going to be able to call me ever again. So if one of those guys needed me for something for five minutes, 10 minutes, then that's a conversation to have with right. my wife and my family. But, you know, I, I think I can keep going. I know in my heart of hearts that the decision to retire was the correct one. With, with everything going on, you know, my family's growing. I want to be around and watch my daughter grow up, uh, spend, spend a bit more time with my wife, who I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not annoying too much now. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's been good. So let's talk about off the field. Um, big announcement last week, I guess it was, where you're now – A couple weeks ago, yeah. A couple of weeks ago where you're now with the Golden Eagles. Yeah. Right? Tell us about this. Yeah, so the Golden Eagles have been a, a behind-the-scenes association that's kind of acted like a, a booster group, a donor group for, you know, any any college football team. Uh, and, you know, you've kind of ever really heard of, right, or seen. So we support uh, our USA men and women sevens athletes um, in career advancement, rugby enhancement, uh, which is a big aspect of, you know, the funding that comes in is – you know, you got kids that come into the, the sevens program at 18 years old who may or may not have a high school diploma. And you got guys that come in that could have a master's degree already working a, a full-time job uh, alongside playing for the national team. So helping those kids, you know, in that that league and that, that team to give themselves a fighting chance for life after rugby. You know, everybody knows that the pay isn't the best down in San Diego. You mean at the Olympic Training Center? Yeah, yeah, down at the training center. Not at San Diego Uh, Legion Camp. No, no, down in Chula Vista. Chula Vegas, baby. Yeah, so so helping those kids and, you know, the young men and young women just be prepared for life after the game, which I don't think a lot of people think about. You know, all I ever wanted to do was be a professional athlete. 
And I was lucky enough to do it for 10 years. And at some point in that time was, you know, my folks telling me, Hey, you need to give it up. You need to, you know, find a real job, make some real money. It's like, nah, I'm not doing that. I, I, I got bigger things to accomplish over here. And I'll, I'll sort that out when I get there. And something that they got, you know, a big kick out of being able to travel the world and, and watch games and stuff. Absolutely. Uh, all over the place. So after a while, they, they understood it. And I think they saw what I was doing on the back end of, of working with the Golden Eagles and trying to get things set up to where I could be successful after the game, but also, you know, still being a part of it. And, you know, I all I ever wanted to do was help, help these young athletes and, you know, help make sure they're taken care of. Dan, as we approach the Rugby World Cup and we have the glaring absence of Team USA leaving American fans with that stinging kind of feeling, what has to happen to right the ship at USA Rugby? And we only have 30 seconds for this one, so you're 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 off the hook. Yeah. I, I think the big one is we need to get deeper into youth rugby. And we need to, you know, we need to get the game to as many people as possible. So what part of the Golden Eagles are going to do is get involved in that and try and help, you know, fund programs that are already standing to widen their reach, to widen the funnel of the amount of players that we can see. And if that player wants to go play college football or basketball, well, you could have five, six, seven, eight years of rugby under your belt. Go chase the dream. But you'll have those base skills and be able to come back. And that time for you to get, you know, reacquainted to the sport isn't going to be three or four years. It's going to be six months and, and you, you kind of know what it is, but now we've gone from 200,000 people playing the sport age five to 18 to a million and look how much bigger that player pool is and how much harder it is for a coaching staff to pick a team, which is a great thing. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Should Scott Lawrence get the head coaching position? I think he's done a good job. I think he's done, you know, what a lot of Eagle alumni have want and have seen you know, bringing us back and, you know, give us a platform to be a part of the program. And I think bringing, you know, the American aspect back to the Jersey, the pride back in the Jersey is the biggest thing. And I think Scott's doing that really well. He's only had two games and he's only had what, maybe one, maybe two camps. So I don't think you can say now nah, off the back of that Portugal performance, you know, you know, take him out to the woodshed because they did, play really well against Romania and they'll have another big test coming up this weekend. So I think what he's doing behind the scenes is incredible. So why not give that kind of guy, give him a shot and, and see where we go from there. All right, Mr. Daniel Patrick Barrett. Thank you, sir. Great to see you once again. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Don't go away. We have Mr. Brian Ray of America's rugby news coming up right after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. This is the Rugby Odds, where an unlikely pundit panel of a wordsmith, a WWE legend, a rugby star, and a supermodel scour the globe seeking best bets and bad behavior are you not entertained
And we are back with Mr. Brian Ray. Brian, it's been too long, lonely weeks, so we haven't seen each other, but here we are again. How are you? I'm still alive. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say still here hanging out in, uh, you know, beautiful New Orleans where it's nice and warm and uh, balmy and, uh, yeah, just enjoying life. You're at the, uh, the gold mine on Airline? Indeed, just a fantastic venue. Lovely grass and back. I mean, it almost looks like they're ready to play tomorrow. Yeah. Well, if they were to play tomorrow, how would they fare? What's what's what do they need? What is what is the burning issue for the Nola Gold, Brian? The Nola Gold's burning issue and has been for a little while seems to be consistency, um, which might be just uh, you know a, a standard, uh, something that the maybe they're accepting standards lower than they should be um on one in what sense well in one game you'll see often see them look like the best team in the league for 20 or 30 minutes at a time and then in another part of the game for 20 30 minutes they'll look like the worst team in the league and you're not going to get anywhere if you can't put together 80 minutes of rugby and it just seems to be endemic with nola it doesn't matter who they put on before the season I was certain this team was going to the postseason for the first time. Looking at that roster, I know there were a lot of new guys, but they had so much class in that team. They had a strong core of returning American players. Uh, it seemed to me like all the pieces were there. They had depth. Now, look, they ran into some injuries, obviously, uh, some very untimely ones, losing. You know, they had Andrew Guerra out for another season, the entire season. Uh, Devin Short, who should have been filling in for him, unfortunately just kept getting wrecked every time he played. They got three injuries that he had this year. He had a, like a leg injury, then an arm injury, and then the concussion. I mean, it just couldn't keep him on the field, unfortunately. So that doesn't help. And, uh, you know, and it, so that was obviously a problem. But even when the guys were there, I mean, to me, they lost the playoffs in the first three games of the season when they came out flat. Just looked like they didn't get their preparation right in the preseason. And I just think they need to get uh, a, a little bit harder on themselves and and, and really, uh, you know, set a standard there. The standards are not there in, in NOLA. So I would look towards leadership uh, as the big thing that they need to sort out in this offseason. Where do you see Nola finishing this season as as they stand right now? Yeah, I think they just got to get it nailed down in the preseason. Whatever happens, if Kane Thompson is back as head coach, you know, he's got to uh, put his foot down and really take charge of this team and demand more. You just cannot start the season the way they did last year and expect to make the playoffs. Right from the get-go, I want to see a change of attitude from Nola next season. And if they do that, they can make the playoffs. If they don't, it's just going to be another year of frustration. What about Miami? Interesting looking team. Eh? I mean, they've got uh, a few signings now. They, of course, they had uh, Tomas Kubeli, uh, who's going to the World Cup with the Pumas, probably be their starting scrum half, I would think. They've uh, now, you know, confirmed uh, uh, four guys. Of course, uh, you know, you got to uh, you got to look at uh, Naposky's going to be uh, amazing down there. Uh, Shane O'Leary's coming in. That's a good uh, handy ten to pick up uh, from the Arrows. Um, so, and, and Roloff Smith, they've just picked up the South African uh, flank. They've got some uh, pretty handy Uruguayos on the way too. Look out for Manuel Ardao, this absolutely storming flanker from Peñarol. Uh, you know, he looks small, but he's just dynamite at the breakdown. Felipe Echeverri, he was the player of the year in uh, Super Rugby Americas, whatever they call it themselves. So that's a pretty decent pickup. Uh, so I, I expect they'll be competitive uh, pretty much right out of the gate with the kind of uh, imports that they're bringing in.
And I'm I'm just seeing I think Toronto is kind of done well taking players from rugby ATL. Yeah, I think they've done very well. Uh, if you were, you know, picking guys that you would want from from ATL, I mean, certainly guys on the short list would be Ruita Biddle and Tirangatiro Waitokia. So that's a very handy pickup for their backline. Jordan Brown didn't get a lot of playing time this year, but certainly a, a rising player, still 21, 22 year old lock, six foot seven. Those guys aren't, uh, you know, super plentiful around MLR. So these. He's a handy pickup. Robbie Povey coming in from Houston. So Toronto is making some moves. I expect we're going to see an It, it an confounds, impressive... though. It, doesn't it confound you? I mean, what they send out one set of signals, and then they then they, they do something like this, which is, I think, a pretty solid, some pretty solid moves. I think you'll see some more pretty solid moves coming out of Toronto. Uh, no spoilers, but there is going to be a, a, an interesting uh, head coach, I'm told maybe from the southern direction uh making his way to toronto the southern so, direction that's, so a, we'll, that's a big we'll, uh, place yes it's a large hemisphere so somewhere around there um i i think there's a the lot southern to direction to. could be buffalo from toronto okay there's some great buffalo coaches i'm, I'm sure hidden in there somewhere <laughs> but, so you're saying uh, southern hemisphere coach well, it's a big hemisphere. Sure, certainly, uh, I would expect going someone to, to come going from... up to freeze his gazones off. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it'll. I think it'll be a good fit, though. Um, yeah, it looks a lot of things looking positive for the arrows. I think you'll see a dramatically different organization, an entirely new coaching staff when you think about it. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of excitement there. And what else is what? What's caught your fancy as per MLR in the last two weeks? Well, you know, I, I, I've been interested in seeing some of these new faces uh, making their international debut with the Eagles. I think certainly one player who's caught all of Americans' uh, eyes is, is Nick McCarthy, this uh, scrum half who's coming. You're damn right. You're damn and, right. Uh, I think we'll all enjoy seeing him uh, playing in Major League Rugby next season. I think he'll, he'll be uh, a class addition to the team that he's joining. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's been nice to see Sam Gala get out there, you know, after his rookie season and doing uh, pretty well, getting his feet wet in international rugby. I think he's got a, a long career ahead of him there. And, uh, you know, it, it's just good to see that some of these guys, even though, you know, they didn't get the result against Portugal. but Boy, that's an understatement of epic yeah. proportions. But what, it, this what? isn't a full-strength Eagles side. It's it's kind of just a bunch of guys uh, thrown together. I mean, to be honest, I I, I didn't have a lot of expectations for this. Um, and and it's more of a fact-finding thing. How many of these guys can really, uh, you know, cut it at international level? All right. So you, you're remarkably more patient than most of the USA rugby fans that I have spoken to here. They're like, what the flock happened? You know? Hey, what do you say to them? Yeah, come on, guys, calm down. Uh, there's, you know, we know there's work to do. Um, this is entirely new. You get a new coaching staff, pretty much a whole new, you know, playing group, or certainly a lot of new guys coming in. Uh, you know, a lot of changes. I expect to see a lot more changes next year. We'll get to see some of these younger guys, a few guys who are just becoming U.S. eligible in the next uh, few months. Certainly by the time uh, they tour next, uh, you know, in the middle of next year, I would kind of look to this more as a glass half full situation than empty. I think there's a lot of upside coming. Um, I think the win over Romania was a, a nice uh, pickup for them. To be honest, I didn't even expect that heading into this tour. All right, Brian Ray, thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Anytime. And on that note, we're out of time. Thank you to Brian Ray of America's Rugby News. Thank you to John Fitzpatrick 
of Rugby Morning. Thank you to Danny Barrett. Thank you for tuning in. Please check out our other shows, including the Rugby Odds, the College Rugby Wrap-Up. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Please join our weekly newsletter, and please sign up for our American Red Cross blood donor team.